Yeah. Uh, dude, every time I come to your apartment, it reminds me that I own way too much, too much shit. In what way? Like your, it just looks really like I looked at that bookshelf, mm-hmm. and I had one that used to be just like it. Yeah. And uh, my my shitty ex landlord threw it away. Ex landlord is a funny phrase. I mean, I mean, did y'all fuck? <laughs> Used to fuck for rent. Did you fuck? <laughs> I mean, honestly, that's illegal. So like, if you say that shit right now, like you, who could... would be at fault though, me or the landlord? I feel like because they hold power over you. I don't know the rules. I've been yeah. on Twitter for a while, so I'm I sure... would hope that I that would be a win win for me. Oh, I mean, um, the bad. You telling me I get to nut and live? <laughs> <laughs> So the contract is like sign here for nuts, sign here for living. All right, cool. And credit doesn't matter. You're nothing. So let's keep going, <laughs> dude. I just I own too much shit. My like right now I'm sleeping at Alina's spot. Okay. And my apartment's more like my office. It's just like where I work. And, okay. Like spend all day. Okay. And it's full of shit. Like, it's full of shit. Like that I don't need shit? clothes, books. Blankets, multiple blankets, pillows. I don't even have a bed in my new apartment. I, I still have the pillows. I have everything. And I all I ever do is sit at the desk. That's all I ever do. You sit at the desk and you stream, you think I, of Yeah, think I stream, I write. I think of tick. I usually try to I try to make TikToks at my desk because it makes it all easier, like one-stop shop. Mm-hmm. But it's usually TikToks that make like when I'm like out and about. Okay. That go viral. I don't my do my problem is I don't like making TikToks. Why do you, okay, why do you not like making it? Because I'm not saying it's your bread and butter, but like it is. It's helped me a lot. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> I'll it's say it. Helped me it's a helped lot. you a I'll lot. It's your it. bread and your butter. Uh, it's, dude, it's too much stress. Yeah. It's too much stress. I envy how you're able to get off the internet. Dog, it is, uh, it is one, it's a blessing because it's like my mind doesn't have all those other like thoughts and opinions about every single dumb move I make in my life that I will overthink. But it's also a curse because then I don't know what the homies are doing. Yeah. And then like, like the other day where you were just like, yo, come to the show. And I was like, fuck, like if I know about last week, I would be able to do this and that. But you know, honestly, uh, I am happy to not be on there and have to think about creating content all the time. And like, I I think that like, do you feel proud? Do you feel that pressure? Do you feel like you have all to make the time. content all the time? Literally, dude. Like, if, even if I think of something, mm-hmm. now, now there's a, I devalue it where I'm like, this is just something you're gonna make because you need to make something, not yeah. even because you even think it's that funny. Yeah. Because it's always the stuff that I'm like, ah, oh, this will be. There's one video I've thought about making for four days that I just haven't brought my phone out to do while I'm walking. That I'm like, once I make this, it will go viral. Yeah. One, it's it's funny. I I think it's funny, and yeah. I might even turn it into a stand-up bit. But then yeah. there's other stuff where I just like look. I realize I have like nothing in my drafts to post because that's my goal is to have shit in the drafts. I don't even have to think about it. There yeah. was like one day I make stuff for like an hour and a half, yeah. and I just get to put it on and go about my day and not stress about making stuff. Mm-hmm. Those days are the best. Yeah. But when I have nothing, like right now, I have nothing in the drafts. So when I post something later, I need to think of something and then make it. And I'll post even if I think it's funny or not. Damn. Well, for those of you who are tuning in to this week's Lucy's Podcast, we haven't even introduced our guest, but you already know that nigga fucking hates <laughs> doing anything. <laughs> He's like, man, I gotta, I gotta wake up and work for this shit. I, I really hate, hate it. work. It's really what no, it is. No, honestly, nigga, if you dream of labor, like your life is gonna, <laughs> your life is gonna be boring. But uh, today on Lucy's Podcast, we have uh, the homie, young Joseph Dardano, aka Young Capslock, aka 
real hot boy shit on Instagram. Caps lock, man. Yeah, dog. Yo, listen, you're the loudest nigga I know. You're you're from two of the loudest cultures known to man. I can say that. Very true. (laughs) Like Cubans and Italians. And I'm not saying that like loud and annoying. It's just that like you're born with volume in your DNA. Yeah, which is funny because now I've noticed that I really love... In my day to day, I love being quiet. Yeah. Because when I go out at night, I yeah. learn that I, I'm I'm loud. You're when I get loud. excited. Yeah. And, but like it's again, it's not an abrasive way. And I will say this, not just for the podcast, but I would say this to your face. I've probably said it before. Like I I want the most success for you, and yeah. the highest volume you're gonna be, the more people are gonna look. So <laughs> yeah. that success is gonna come either <laughs> fucking way. But yeah, tell the people what you do. Uh, actor, comedian. I'm writing a book right now, bro. Uh, uh, TikTok star. star TikTok. <laughs> uh, uh, ju- just reached 12, 12k on Instagram. Who's counting? Instagram. You know, He's social counting. media presence. Social media presence. You know, five foot six, but built like a ton of bricks. Six you know what the fuck it is? Yeah. Uh, part of me thought that was funny, and part of me hated the whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yo, I started the bit. I can't, I, I can't, can't have to commit. It. Captain goes down with his ship. No, uh, nah, thanks for doing the podcast. Thanks for pulling up. Uh, a little background, me and Joe, we go way back to a few years ago. Yeah. It, always, it sounds like it, it was, I feel like I've known you a long time, but also if I have to look at like the years, it's probably yeah. been like four years, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Joey's stand-up comic out through New York by way of Florida. Dude is wild funny. He's been popping on TikTok. He's on Instagram, Twitter. He's doing all the things that he needs to do right now. And generally, just someone that I enjoy spending time around because, listen, yeah. there are loud people where you're like, yo, do you ever shut the fuck up? And then there's Joey who is like, I hope you never shut the fuck up, dude. <laughs> yeah. It is, it, dude, it, it is funny because I feel like... I, the same thing happens, I think, when people move to. Okay, I've always thought about this thought that I'm going to say like this. Go for it. I went thought. to I went to college in New York, mm-hmm. so now, and I've lived here for I think I'll hit ten years in like five months or so. Hey, let's go. Any and all excitement I get from going about the city is gone. Like now, yeah. it's just where I navigate. It's my life. Yeah. Or whatever. People who move here, like. After coming up in another city and then mm-hmm. they come to New York or whatever, they're always so excited. Let's go see a show. Let's go do this. Let's go. We have to go to this party. Where yeah. is it? Bottom of Flatbush. Oh. Like, let's go. <laughs> like, pe- they're all, like, people maintain this excitement. And I think for me, I have been so loud and such like a just like environment, like party kind of driven. Not party as in like fucking drugs and drinking i don't do that but just like i love being out i do drink i don't know why i said didn't say i do that but is your mom listening mom i don't drink it's I because guess, god's listening yeah god, <laughs> god's like i'm gonna take you down nigga do not drink the devil's beverage <laughs> but i do i i sometimes i get i feel like overall my body maybe feels like it hasn't been rewarded enough for how much energy it puts out yeah. So like that's why I say like on a day to day basis I like to be chill and then when it's time to be on it's time to be on. Dog, you know? I feel that OD because I feel like I, I that's also part of the reason why I had to get off social media is like I was like I felt like I was on all the time like like 
when you get off stage, you should be able to be off. But when yeah. you're with your homies or even with comedians or people you don't know, you're like, I still am a little bit on. And then when I came back home, I'm like on social media so that I'm still yeah. on in this certain way. And But that is also shaped by like what people are responding to, right? Yeah. So if I make a tweet talking about abolition, police violence and shit like that, people will be like, oh shit, that's that person. And yeah. then I feel like I have to be on in that way. But also there's some DJ shit. There's some stupid comic book shit that I want to talk about. So I felt like it wasn't a place that was like good for complexity. So in my off stage time, I was just like, let me just completely shut off. Let me read some yeah. books. Dog, I remember I was DJing a party. I think it was in I think it was in the Bay Area. And I had done a wild set. It was very fun. You know, niggas yeah. just fighting in the club. You know, that's when you have fun. You're like, damn, they really knocked a few bucks. That's great. Uh, like, it was really fucking fun, dog. And then I get in the car with just like, it was, a, it was a lift and me and two other homies. And yo, I just turned on like straight Georgia Smith. They're like, yo, you don't want to continue getting lit? I'm just like, I'm going to sleep, bro. I'm yeah. going to go home and I'm going to like probably read Dude, and go to sleep. That just happened at um, at Peach's pop-up this past Friday. Yeah. Bro, it was, not only was it like the most fun I had on stage in a long time, mm-hmm. like straight up, Lily and I did like 16 minutes of banter up top. It was like we could have kept going. It was that like funny and exciting. And then start the show. We're in between every comic. We're riffing. And it's like it's never any of that riffing where you can tell the audience is like, this is funny. But like there's like four comics left. If you could keep it moving. It was just like good vibes. Yeah. I went up and did a set that I was like really fucking proud of. Like this new joke. High energy. Yeah. Once that show was over. Everyone's like, yeah, what, what are we doing next? What are we doing? Uh, my Alina brought brought a friend who has been wanting to see me for a while. Where are we doing? Where are we going? I would um I would like to go home. Dog. <laughs> it always feels like that post-game interview where you're, everyone's just like, they're like, hey, can you give me like give me at least 10, 15 sentences about your performance tonight? And you're like, Well, I was on there, I gave it hundred percent. And yeah. uh, I would like to go sit in this ice bath so my joints can be ready for the game in two days or tomorrow night. Like Dude, I've tried I've tried to do those ice um Alina and I have gone to uh, this place, Bathhouse yeah. in Williamsburg, a couple Tell times. Me about it. And they have. I texted the, this man, said, "Yo, pull up." He's like, "Yo, I'm butt ass naked in the bathhouse." <laughs> and I was like, "Yo, is it? Is it fucking fourth century?" Hey, I'm butt ass naked like, with strangers. Yeah, I'll be right over. No 100%. shower. I was like, "Yo, come here with your friends." Like, nah, I want to be naked with strangers, mama dude. And I was like, oh, "Do what you want to do, bro. Like, do you?" They have a in the in that spot. They have a hot tub. They have a regular pool, and they have all these saunas. Yeah. Uh, which is funny. I don't think I'm going to go back for a long time just because I can't get into the relaxation mind state. Cause I told Alina, I'm like in mm-hmm. the hot tub, I'm in whatever. I'm like, so what do these do for my body? Like, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, where's the efficiency? Yeah. And she's going, just enjoy it. It's half about just relaxing. And I'm like, so I just wasted $50 is what you're telling me. Dog. Cause I can relax at home. We got a couch. Dog. Listen, your brain, there's like, there's that level of like, you know, flow state. Like where you feel relaxed and calm, that might be more active than it is passive too. Yeah, because like for me, like I'm like when I'm DJing and like people are dancing and people are coming to the dance floor and I got people walking away and I pulled them back to the dance floor. That's yeah. when I'm just like I'm actually like I I am exhausted, but I'm also like I am at my most like zen yeah. peaceful place. So sometimes you 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 know. You, like you said, you have a lot of energy. Like when you're on stage and you feel like you had a good set and it felt like it was flowing and everything. Maybe that was like, even though it was tiring, it was relaxing yeah. in a way for your brain because everything was working. Like it was, yeah. not, it wasn't the chaos of thinking of where's red coming from. Yo, should I go do do this? How's this person think about me? It's like you were just in your element. And the maybe- funny thing is that is how I think whenever I do something that's supposed to be relaxing. I yeah. think this is why I love, I love movies yeah. and I love engaging plays. Like anything that's like actually 
Like it, it does. It gives me enough stimulus to want to pay attention. Yeah, yeah. But when I go to a, I just saw an orchestra play the other day because Alina, Alina loves that stuff. I love. I, I forgot that I loved it. I haven't seen an orchestra in like fucking nine years. Yeah. Um. Because she's writing that kind of, her dad writes that kind of stuff. Mm. Um, we went to like Lincoln Center. We're listening. There's like nothing overstimulating other than the fact that there's 80 masterful instru- like instrumentalists in front of me. And I'm sitting there going like, damn, there's no words. <laughs> like yeah. There's no story that I'm following. And I'm just like, it takes me a second to get engaged. And then, and then I'm back in. But like anytime there's something, for a while, movies, like I have the AMC A-list. I go to movies all the time. That's Even a flex right there. Vaguely, that's, I know, that's 20, 24 bucks a month. 24 bucks and take you to see three movies a week, ma. Like, <laughs> try to pull up? Yeah. One IMAX movie is 30 bucks. If you're not a member of A-list, you're actually, I think you're You're actually, dumb. you're fucking yourself if you don't do that. Like, I, when we, when we go see Marvel movies, I'm just like, yo, uh, I'll buy these IMAX tickets, but like, if y'all get. refund if you, them, and I will get them with my Exactly, exactly. Um, but. I think um, every si- I, I loved movies for a while. That was like all I did. Even when Movie Pass came out, that's all I did because I realized like during movies is the only time I actually shut off. Yeah, that's oh, the only oh, time you, your I'm brain actually- shuts off. Yeah, unless it's one where I've heard like you know this is masterful the story the storytelling the craft and mm-hmm. I'm watching it and I'm like you know that thing like watching stuff is kind of ruined for us because we're always analyzing it. Sucks, bro. It like it I, fucking sucks. I think about that all the time. So like. Whenever I go see like a musical and people are like, that was amazing. And mm. I walk away and I'm like, I don't know. I, I, f- I fucking saw like 50 things I wish they cut. Yeah. This was way too long. Yeah. But the, the, and like not even from like an audience standpoint. I'm like showing te- up like from, I was From meant a technical to- standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And all of it's ruined. But like movies, I could go and just be overstimulated to the point where I'm like chilling. I don't have to talk. Yeah. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. No, I feel you. I, I think that like when it comes to movies, I, it is it is like the Marvel popcorn blockbuster. Shut your brain off and just enjoy this shit. Like yeah. even though there's like an analytical, like especially as a fucking comic book nerd, I'm like, yo, this person's gonna be in it. This person's gonna be. In it, this person's gonna be in it. I'm still like kind of just there for the ride. That and that's why I don't. I fucking hate when spoilers hit the internet. But like I yeah. feel you because I need to go somewhere where I also am not tempted to make jokes the entire time yeah and I, and I think that like if i'm at the Sym- symphony orchestra i'll be like yo are they gonna play are they, are they, gonna, are they gonna do knock a few buck like do, you think, <laughs> can, do they take requests you think you go down there <laughs> exactly <laughs> and you see the strings going wild i mean dog i mean if you're going to an orchestra you gotta ask for thong song that shout out to kira like if i'm going to any exactly I'm a, dude, I was imagining when you said you left the club because people are knocking and but you like have to call the car. Uh, are you outside? I'll be there in one minute. Please hurry up. They are knocking and bucking. They, they are knocking and bucking. They are knocking as well as bucking. <laughs> that's, like, that's definitely the, the Pix11 uh, the Pix fucking news report. <laughs> <laughs> like knocking and bucking in the Lower East Side of New York this evening. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no, I mean, I, I feel you. I think that it's, uh, do you find it? There are other places where you can shut your brain off besides a movie theater because even at night, sometimes I wake up with like either a thought, anxiety. I wouldn't say always nightmares, but like yeah. I'll wake up being like stimulated. I don't, yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find that peace and that relaxation. And I, I think that sometimes I find it in a more manic, crazy way and not as passive as other people. So is there anywhere else? Yeah. I mean, it usually happens with video games, except for the fact that I play with other people. Yeah. So I'm still like talking and I feel like I need to be funny. I mean, but I'm actually having fun. Yeah. Except when I'm playing like Warzone yeah. and we're not winning, yeah. I realize I start getting like angry and then yeah. I pay more attention and then I usually end up losing more because now I'm just angry and I'm not playing smooth. Yeah. You know? You know when I get angry? 
when you play on someone who's too fucking nice. You doye. Which is too <laughs> fucking nice at video games. And this is this is one gassing you up because you're really good at video games, but two, also fuck you because you're so fucking good at video games yeah. that it's almost Bro. like you look over, my man doesn't have his he's just doing this to the controller with his hands and his temples. <laughs> you're like, yo, you're playing with your fucking mind. How you You've been this? around when we play Smash, bro. 100 percent It is like every single time. The last time I played with Yadoye was at his new spot, and a bunch of people were over, mm-hmm. and we played the new Smash with mm-hmm. Like, I think there was, like, seven people. Yeah. And it would just always end up being just your doy and I at the end after everyone dies. Yeah. And then no one's having fun anymore. Everyone's like, oh, my God, it's so hard to play. Yeah. Oh, my God, how'd you do that? Yeah. And then at the end, it's all quiet because they could tell you doy and I are not having fun. Yeah. It is about who's winning. It is yeah. about being the best. In fact, there was one where I actually beat him by him losing all of his lives. Damn. But he turns to me and goes, I technically won that one. Because he did play nicer. Yeah. I was just on the defense the whole game. Dog. Like, I, it, it's not fun. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean I then, listen, this is no slander towards Yodoye because, honestly, we love the man. But, like, yeah. damn. Like, I, 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 do you, and this maybe this might be the toxic masculine, like, I don't want to do things unless I'm good at them. But, like, I enjoy doing shit where I'm, like, not really good at it or learning how to be good at it like I do but I'm like I'm teaching myself how to learn stuff. I um okay. I, I don't I don't have that part of my brain. I've, I think the reason that I'm even a performer is because it came naturally to me mm-hmm. from the moment I do from being a kid. Yeah. And I was always rewarded for being good at it. <clears throat> and then I would and then I, I remember when I'm young I start playing with uh how how little can I prepare and still be better than those around me yeah. who are rehearsing and practicing like yeah. in, a, in a monologue or a play or whatever the fuck. And then I would start doing bare minimum work and having people tell me that was great. Yeah. And I'm going, all right, so I don't have to fucking learn anything new. I'm going to coast off this for the yeah. rest of my life and have a good time. Well, do you think that competition defines a lot of what you do? Because we are, as comedians, artists, performers, in an industry where... Competition is part of it. We're also in a media environment where it's literally how can I get more eyes on my post so they can do this than this other person. And sometimes it's silent, you know, competition. And sometimes it's like very loud, like, yo, I'm trying to be in this person's lane, this person's spot. Do you think it really? It's the silent competition. For me. Yeah. I'm not like there's no one I'm walking around going, fuck you. Yeah. There are. There are comedians who have a big following and get mm-hmm. booked and do TV, and mm-hmm. I'm going, I don't understand how the fuck you got there. I, You know what? I'll say it. Some niggas suck. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, I'm like, yo, like, and some people are so, uh, and it, it, it's, this is not supposed to be in a hateracious way. It's just that, like, the industry does not really look for absolute talent. They look for who's got the following, the eyes, and some of that comes from connections, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I have very loud beefs, and I have yeah. very silent beefs, but like, um, at the end of the day, like, you know, if I have to speak from my own experience, I have to accept that there's a world where we are either in silent competition, if I have to accept that that world exists, then there's also a world where there's no competition. And when I look at people on the internet doing this sort of stuff, I also have to remind myself that none of this shit fucking matters. Like, yeah. at the end of the day, these likes, these retweets, like, that shit is just wiring your brain to not like yourself when you're not getting that attention. Yeah. And, I mean, I I would much rather be around people who I, like, know are going to shoot the fair one with me than people who are going to, like... They're just getting likes and because I I know those people who like live for that shit and get to TV, they just get miserable, bro. And also, you, I, yeah. that's what I like about you. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is a space to do it. That's what Lucy's is about. But like, you are very good at TikTok and good at Instagram, and you're very funny. But you also aren't just a miserable person to be around in general. So yeah. I'm curious. 
Do you feel? I try to be. Yeah, I mean, you're you're doing an excellent job, baby. <laughs> All right, you're doing great. Um, I'm curious. Do you feel like you're performing an identity a lot of the time, or do you feel like you're just generally in your flow state? Like you're just who you are. I think I think on TikTok, I've done a good job of being myself, mm-hmm. but it's still because it is on a platform where people are going to swipe within. 0.3 seconds mm-hmm. if they don't like what they first see hear sound. Yeah. I have to be loud. I have to be engaging. I kind of, you know, I kind of like, I have to mm-hmm. hype it up a little bit, mm-hmm. but it's still a hyped up version of myself. Like yeah. the whole, the whole hot boy shit thing mm-hmm. was, I, I thought was just funny. Like one of them, the first one just went viral. Mm-hmm. And I remember hearing the advice of one thing goes viral, keep making variants of that and see how far it takes you before yeah. you, not only you get bored of it, yeah. but like, your following gets bored of it. I haven't yeah. made a Hot Boy video until I think yesterday, and it's not even really a Hot Boy video. I'm just yeah. promoting my new show, yeah. the variety show, but like I haven't made one in a month, and it's because it's not... Bro, there's a the thing. If they're going to play music like that, they got to know that my hips have not been warmed up because I was ready to <laughs> fucking dance. <laughs> yo, 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 listen, the block is hot, fam. Like, yo, my son is just cooling outside. I love that. Okay, he's moving. No, I love, listen, I love Bushwick. I love the energy and shit, but, like, it's a nice, warm, 60-degree day, man. Like, yeah. niggas smoking weed on the block. Bro, the like, vibe is different. It's I, nice. The th- that's the funny thing about New York is I, I love it in the summer, and then once I hit the winter, I, that's, like, where most people deal with, uh, why the fuck do I live here? Back to the TikTok thing. Do you think that, you know, do you think that you could take a break from it? Like, like just, like, relax and be like, yo, I'm off this for a little bit? I don't think so. That's that's. I think that's what my stress is: is that I am currently trapped in mm-hmm. the fact that if I if I do not keep continuously posting, mm-hmm. I'll lose any and all momentum. And I haven't posted since like yesterday. Doesn't count because it was a it's like a promotion post, and yeah. those don't do well. Yeah, people like content. Like, yeah. and also me putting that post doesn't even mean mm-hmm. people are gonna see it. Yeah, because the algorithm on there is insane. Like. Yeah. And at, on Instagram, there's that chronological thing where people are going to see what you post if they follow you. Yeah. They're going to see it in order. But on TikTok, bro, they will, they'll they will suddenly push something out you posted two weeks ago. Yeah. And I'm like, well, my show's in the March 10th. Yeah. I need so you to focus on this shit. Yeah. Share it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but you also know going in that like that post isn't going to go viral. It could get like maybe a thousand likes. It's just about getting eyes on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... When you're when you're posting shit like that, I also have sponsorship deals that I signed on to because I just want to make money. I don't care about any of yeah, the products yeah. at all, and I hope my followers know that about me. <laughs> um, and I hope anybody who would pay me doesn't hear that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nestle's over here like, oh, word, nigga, you don't want chocolate products? You don't like chocolate, nigga? Well, guess what? No chocolate for you. you there are some that I care about. Like, Tushy sent me a bidet, and I was like, Tushy sent you a bidet? They sent me a bidet. Damn. When I was diarrhea TikTok guy. So let's talk about the many iterations of Joey Dardano. <laughs> when we talk about complexity, when we talk about a man who has every lane that he can go into, we think about Joey Dardano, and he's gone through many iterations. What, what has been the evolutions of your comedy voice online? I think, like in, I, I think on Instagram, I was obsessed with being uh, both good-looking mm-hmm. and letting people know that I'm a comedian. Mm-hmm. So I think just like... Funny face. Yeah. Funny dumb shit. Mm-hmm. Funny whatever. The stories are me just doing cool stuff. Mm-hmm. Then TikTok comes around. Twitter, I think I tried to be snarky. Never gained a following. I think I have like 600 followers on, on Twitter. 
Never liked it. Never been my th- my thing. I still occasionally try it. Mm-hmm. Well, Twitter is absolutely fucking hell. And I, I don't like it. And the people who thrive there are demons. So yeah. don't worry about it. Anybody I see who has a huge following on there doesn't seem like they're having a good time about it. it it's funny because... I have many friends who I'm really close to who have a lot of followers, and like we just talk about how miserable Twitter makes them. And I'm like, hey, take a break. And then yeah. they're like, they're like, no, but like then people won't come look at me. I'm like, yeah, that's <laughs> maybe that's what you need, my guy. Like, yeah. hey, let that shit rock. Um, I feel you, but more iterations. Uh, everyone tells me to start getting on TikTok just because you know I'm a dancer. I yeah, dance. Everyone's dance. telling me to post funny. So I started doing silly dances. Now, when we when you hear white people say that they dance. <laughs> <laughs> We're not talking, you know, fucking save the last dance. We're not talking about step up one through seven. We're talking about Joey can actually dance. Like when I'm at a party, I hope Joey comes because if he dances, everyone else dances because they're like, wow, this white boy can and really dance. Gets dummy lit. Oh, dude, if you really want a movie pitch, like, you know, white man can't jump, white man can't dance with you, <laughs> telling you, you and Wesley Snipes, <laughs> like, you really do it. You can do it. Have you seen that show, True Story, by the way? The Kevin Hart one? No. It's Wesley Snipes' comeback, man. Is he it? plays Kevin Hart's brother. Oh, word? Yeah. Okay. I'm in the middle of watching it. I haven't yeah. finished it yet. Right. But I, I did wake up it. and the, it, I, it, I fell asleep watching it and I woke up at literally the climax of the last episode and I was like, are you kidding but, me? Get so kidding. now I need to keep watching it. Damn. I, I know I'm, everything that happens now. Damn. But I have two episodes left, so I want to see how it happens. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm watching Ozark for the first time with Maria right how now. How far are you? Uh, we are only halfway through the first season, and I will tell you, I am not gripped by it, but I love Jason Bateman and Laura I Lindy. love him, dude. Jason, Jason Bateman, listen, I would say he's like a, he's a, top, he's like a quiet top-tier white, white guy. Yeah. 100%. Have you ever seen his movie Bad Words? Yes. Love that yes, movie. He's, oh, he's so good. I'm glad, I'm glad he decided to keep acting instead of quitting before Arrested Development. Yeah. So, otherwise- Was he going to quit at one point? Yeah, that's what Maria was telling me. Like, he was going to quit, and I'm like, nah, dog. Like, I can't, I really can't imagine, like- Okay, I'm not going to say he's a paradigm-shifting comedian, but yeah. like his style of comedy is something I, I wouldn't say aspire to, but something I really enjoy seeing. He's just yeah. very deadpan and subtle. He's throwing away lines, but they're very, very funny. Yeah. And he, you know, he's just always like put upon by the world. And I've, He's just a straight man. You know what's things. funny is that anything I get sent out for, mm-hmm. anything that people tell me they can see me doing, yeah. I am less interested in. And I'm more interested in doing the kind of stuff that like a Jason, a Jason Bateman would do, which more, is like, yeah. he's funny as shit by being smarter than everyone else in the room, yeah. in the room, at yeah. least by being sarcastic, more sarcastic than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And then he can do that transition to like some really serious shit. Mm-hmm. And that's always what I've wanted to do. But I'm like, I am already mentally preparing myself for the idea that I have to go through years of <laughs> on every fucking show that I do. You know? I, I feel like um, this is this is this is going to be me sucking your dick OD on this. But I feel like you are due for a Jim Carrey. Like you're going to do some weird, goofy, dumb shit and yeah. people are going to fucking enjoy it. And then you're going to have something very serious and pensive that comes out like Truman Show or yeah. um, Eternal Sunshine and Spotless Mind yeah. where you're like, yo, now I'm, this is like a serious thing. Like there's still charm and fun and funniness, but there's also like that sadness a little bit in there that is like, whoa, range. Yeah. And honestly, I think I think that like a lot, I mean, this is not my thought only but a lot of comedians can do drama but a lot of like dramatic actors can't really do comedy yeah because it is a timing thing it is also just like i think there's a lot of pathos to comedy because yeah a lot of people use comedy to cope with shit so i don't know i i can see that sort of and hey if it's a few years of, yeah, type yeah. of comedy go for it but ultimately, i mean that's that truly 
you say in Jim Carrey, and then for me, it's also Robin Williams and Steve yeah. Carell, who they did. Shout out to Legend. All I the Steve Carell, never going to fail. <laughs> but they just all did really funny shit for you. These are people I grew up watching, and mm-hmm. then now they're doing, well, not Robin Williams, rest in peace. Oh, but, God. but they both did, like, I think the last Robin Williams movie I ever saw was, like, World's Greatest Dad. Yeah. Did you ever watch that? I I remember seeing it. I never. I think that I saw that after he passed, and I got really sad. And I was like, I don't know if I can yeah. watch this. That's how I felt about the Five Bloods and stuff, like all the stuff after Chadwick passed. I like, haven't watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom or the Five Bloods yet. It's. I mean, I've I've watched it, but like it's it, and also like fucking uh, Marvel What If, where he does the Star Lord T'Challa yeah. voice. I'm just like it. It is kind of hard to like let go of that it's it's weird it's like waiting for it's like holding on to the finale of a tv show for as long as possible and everyone's yeah. i have 40 pages left of jim carrey's book i'm like really enjoying reading it yeah and uh i like I, it this happens with every book i like mm-hmm. i can't finish it yeah you don't want to finish I it just push it off then it's over we watched uh money heist um which uh oh i haven't gotten into that yet. um i don't care at all um <laughs> it's a it's a good show and once we got to the end of it i was like damn we really bodied this in like a week that means that like there's one episode left i don't know if i want this to end yeah and it's it's done i I totally feel that dude alina and i watched all of the sopranos and i remember we finished the the last episode when i had to go run out and do something last minute and then Mm -hmm. came back i think i was talking to someone about a venue for peaches with lily and i didn't even or no i had a spot and I didn't even have time to process the fact that when I got home, there like wasn't more Sopranos to watch. Mm-hmm. And also, when Sopranos ends, you know how that show ends? Yeah. No. Not, not <laughs> no spoilers sp- for yeah. people who haven't watched the show that came out a calm twenty, <laughs> 20 years, years ago. ago. <laughs> but like, the way it ends, I mean, like, I didn't even have time to like process that it happened. I feel like I ripped away that moment. Yeah. From us. Yeah. To where we just sit there for an hour afterwards, going, what. What? You know, I mean, huh? we got to talk about it when we get home, but I, I regret how that night went about. Like, I thought, I wish we just, like, waited to see it when I got home. Yeah. But, like, we were addicted. Yeah. Addicted. Yeah. We were, like, dude, we were, like, in the middle of a work day, just eating lunch, which takes me about, like, I like 30 minutes. Yeah. We'd sit down for a whole hour, middle of the day, watch two episodes, and then go back to doing whatever we were doing. Yeah. I was addicted to that show. Damn. Um, I forget what we were just talking about. I think we were talking about just generally like what you, we were talking about Jason Bateman, what we wanted out of like being an actor. Oh, but yeah, that. that's what I is. Um, I th- those their careers are careers that I've wanted my whole life, and it and it and it. The only thing I I already hate. This isn't even a problem that I'm necessarily dealing with yet because I'm not getting cast yet. I'm not getting the work that I want. Yeah, but. I am getting auditions and I am getting so-and-so and, so, and I can happens. see, aside from the occasional like nice drama because my manager knows what, the, what I fuck with, mm-hmm. I am mostly getting asked to do like some silly, goofy shit. I'm getting a lot of Jersey guy, New York guy, mm-hmm. you know, fucking uh, smart Alex, smart mouth kind of people mm-hmm. who are like over the top. And I and like it sucks to all, like enter a career that I've already been chasing for 10 years, so it feels like I've been doing it for longer. Knowing that I are like now when I finally do get started doing the work I want to do, I mm. have to get through years of just doing one thing before I get to do what I really want to do. Mm-hmm. And these are all problems that those people have voiced in the past. Yeah. You know? 
and, and you know, actually, I don't know if Robin Williams ever voiced. No, I mean, if there's a documentary on HBO Max, uh, if you want to, if you want to about uh, Robin Williams, but like he has talked about like you know not really feeling the funny, being able to turn it on, but like not for himself. Yeah, uh, we've been. I've been watching a lot of like there's a Kid Cudi documentary just came out too. Oh, I um, watch that. And it's all about like especially, and this is why I'm asking you as a performer and also myself as a performer, like. Do you, it's it's that feeling of like I'm doing this for y'all. Y'all are getting a lot out of this, but this isn't really who I am. Like this yeah. isn't the full breadth of who I can be and am, and it's limiting. And I think that when you're a comedian, a lot of people take the comedy and like bye, and then you're all here by yourself. You're like fuck. I'm like od depressed. And I think yeah. this this is just my take on comedy. And I said this to uh, Quincy the other day too. Is that I think comedy can be used as a coping mechanism. And it can be used as an art form. And I think that if you start off with a coping mechanism and turn it into an art form. Congratulations. Now you're making bread off yeah. of the thing that you coped with, but the things that you were coping with are still there. Yeah. So you either have those and you learn how to process that naturally and healthily in like therapy or talking to friends, which, you know, we're just getting to the point where therapy is really normalized. Or you still have you have to schism between you, the person who's on stage that people everyone knows and loves and like think about I'm, I'm not going to put this onto you, my G, but like John Mulaney. My yeah. man had a lot going on personally, and then on stage, we love him. He's like, he's man. And he miss. also sold like clean cut man with a wife. A hundred, you know? yeah, a hundred percent. And I think that sucks because, like, uh, I think that we, especially in a period of like social media and you know the way the media kind of shapes our images. We're watching Pam and Tommy too, talking about how the media shapes who you are, what you are, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there is this sort of thing where you are what the world wants you to be for a while, and then you make that pivot. And yeah. you know, uh, this is <laughs> this is this is a fucking flex. Uh, <laughs> uh, when I was working on Space Force, Steve came into the room, and we were asking him, like, "Yo, why did you make the move from uh, the office to just just leaving?" <laughs> like, you yeah, know, yeah, that's y'all just like chatting, or was yeah, that like some yeah, official? Just, just chatting, just chatting. And he was just like, "Yo, when things start getting easy or start getting like not challenging, you don't feel it anymore. You got to go do something else. You got to yeah. feel that." And you know, that's OG Steve Carell's advice. And like, this is the dude who gave us like the most iconic movies, like fucking Forty Year Old Virgin, and yeah. you know, was that Dan in Real Life? That's him. Yeah, Dan. Yeah, in real yeah, life. yeah. I remember watching. Dude, I remember watching that when I was younger, and being like, "Damn, that was so much more serious than I thought it was gonna be." I think that's the thing too, and you know, and also I was watching this Cuddy documentary the other day. Um, but like he said the same thing where it's like he wanted to be a certain person in a song and people kind of missed it. And then when he was like, you know, Pursuit of Happiness is a depressing fucking song. When you yeah. sit down and think about the lyrics, when yeah. you throw the fucking Steve Aoki type beat on it, it's like, yeah, everyone's lit. And it's like, well, fuck. It's like swimming pools, Kendrick. Like, it's like yeah. he's talking about alcoholism. Everyone's like, yeah, pour up, drink. Swimming yeah. pool full of liquor. Uh, it but, is. It, do you, if, if you ever created something like that, would you get angry or disappointed in the fact that like swimming pools, people literally play that like while getting a, like belligerent? You know, I think I think that is another facet of why I had to like leave the world of like social media and not want to be around anymore. So like I was kind of sick of like saying things and it being interpreted by in a way that I was like, that's not what my intention was. 
And I think that like that is a cultural battle right now, intention versus interpretation. Someone might say something fucked up, but they what they they didn't actually mean that. But because everyone who interprets it gets to twist it in every way that they want to and decontextualize it, then we get to people getting I don't know, the baby canceled, not like big like yeah. y- your life is over. But it, it it's something that people just hold over each other. I think that now, if I have to answer that question, I would say that like. I want to make things and not have to explain it. If you get what I need to say, I'll be like, you got it, man. If, yeah. you don't, if you don't get it, I'll be like, well, I don't, you you might not be at the place where this makes sense to you. I think that sometimes you have to like be very clear with how you're envisioning it in the creative process of making things. And then, um, you know, if you and your team like, yo, we aim for this and then this other thing blew up. That's just the way that it is. But ultimately, as long as you know what you were trying to say and what you were trying to put out there, that's all that matters. And I think, but I think that's the hard for like a person like for like films and stuff. You have a team of people doing that shit. Yeah. And music, yeah, you have producers, but like as a lyricist, like when you're making songs like you know, soundtrack to my life, you know, man on the moon, you know, all these like tracks that are like kind of talking about being alone and lonely and then it's giving people this space to be feel very like not that lonely but you're still feeling lonely that's what fucking sucks and i think that that, that's just the culture of not being able to be vulnerable that's a culture of like lack of communication and also when you we just love celebrities and expect them to be the way that we want them to be and not the way that they really are and i always say allow people the same complexity that you have for yourself but i think that goes doubly for celebrities and some celebrities i've met them they're stupid (laughs) they don't don't have a lot there it's really what you see on on stage like that's the best you're gonna get out of them but a lot of celebrities i know is like they are real human beings who would like to be treated like real human beings and, and you know, I I can tell when I see someone and I'm like, you know, you're not happy. That's why I, ch- I check in on people all the time. Cause like I, I, as that person, can see that in other people. What about you? Do you feel like um, when you put something out that would be more serious, would you would you feel like you were betraying your audience who was seeing you in such a comedic light? I feel like I I feel like yeah yeah because you know Connor McNutt. Who is a what? real person and not one of the McDonald's mascots from the nineties? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, hey, Grimace, Ronald McDonald, <laughs> Connor McDonald. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Uh, he came to. I forget what set I did. I think this might have been. Jesus Christ! It was a show I cared about. It mm-hmm. was like a. It was like a. One of those like sold out shows. A lot of people there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this right before Christmas, I was like, I really had, now I'm fucking around with it and I'm having fun and I don't really remember the exact order it was in because I lost my notebook, Mm -hmm. but I had, um, this like really tight, like 12 to 15, it could be 15 if I really stretched it out with all the tags, but like 12 minute set that was about, it would start on me asking the audience where their best, who their best friend was. Mm Mm-hmm. And then, or like if they were there with their best friend mm-hmm. and then it would turn in and then it would immediately talk about, like, I'm yelling it, I'm being interactive, mm-hmm. uh, where I'm joking around. So there's built in crowd work there. And then immediately after I talk about like every best friend I've ever had has talked about their best friend in front of me and then getting to the next bit, the next bit is like, so I don't know how long I've been depressed. I don't know how long <laughs> this is. It. And then, and then blah, blah, blah. And I'm still selling it like high energy kind of stuff. Like it's as if I'm laughing it off while already being 
I'm laughing it off while being vulnerable in the moment. Like, it's like I'm already scared of what I'm saying kind mm-hmm. of thing. And Connor was pointed out to me how funny it is that, like, if I'm hosting a show, like, you see me at Peaches when I'm a host. Yeah. When I'm doing whatever. I yeah. sell immediately, like, are you guys ready to have the fucking best night of your life? Yeah. Are you guys ready to fucking get down? Woo. I think about killing myself three times a day. Yeah. Like, that's, I immediately transition into, like, some other shit. Yeah. Because that, that is what's funny to me. Mm-hmm. I think that's hilarious. I'm also obviously dealing with those thoughts in that moment. And yeah. I think the joke's aren't funny unless you can see that kind of or, or they read as a, I think a lot of people in New York talk about deep shit like that Mm -hmm. uh, uh, for brownie points sometimes rather than actually dealing with it or wanting to make something valuable with it. Yeah. Um, But um, it, every time I've done that, I'm like, am I immediately kind of counter counteracting all the work I've done and having people online or fans I could meet like here in New York, people will support me who they come out to see me because they think they're going to have like a really nice high energy time. And then like there's eight minutes of like depression material Yeah, that I'm not delivering. Like I'm fucking, you know, interest like Bo Burnham kind of introspective kind of stuff. But like I am delivering it how I will, which is high energy and funny, but I'm like, are they disappointed that that their that their night could be that I'm making them think about these that kind of stuff? I, I don't that. know. I feel that. No, I I mean, similarly, you know, you know me. I talk about a lot of social justice shit, especially police violence and mental health and stuff. That shit is not easy to talk about, um, and it's also not easy to talk about to an audience who's kind of lying to themselves. And I think that yeah. also fucks with me too, where it's like, you know, it's hard to talk about police violence to an audience. It's like, oh, you'll be fine. <laughs> like, yeah. You went to college. You're not going to shoot you. I'm just like, oh, come on, stop. Yeah, let me but pull like, out my degree when ex- I get pulled exactly. over. Exactly. Let me pull anything out of my pocket <laughs> when I get pulled over. Nigga, I could pull, I could pull out a fucking ham sandwich. They'd be like, ah, he's mostly <laughs> hey, <sure."> hey. <laughs> Like, it's over. That but, shit's a little dry. That's yeah, rough on the skin. It, yeah. It's a BLT. He left the tea out. <laughs> 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 That's a crime in this county. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it, it's a lot um and I, I will say it's like it, i'm not saying that like audiences need to like bend and kowtow to like how i look at the world but it is real like we don't really have a lot of places to be our full honest selves and i think that there are some people who do go on stage and they get very close to who their full honest self is and yeah. i'm honestly impressed by that and i wouldn't say that like it's necessarily code switching like i'm not switching from like ah this is fun mode and this is now depression code like that's just not um how i look at it but it's like you know when you're going on stage you just kind of like talking your shit and like saying your reality and it does suck when you look at an audience you're like wow if i say how i really feel it's really gonna like fuck with y'all but also it has to be your community too it's like that's how i felt a lot about a lot of comedy community i was good when i was having fun and doing jokes and da 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 when i was like yo i'm feeling kind of sad i'd be like all right good luck with that buddy (laughs) yeah we're going to papaya dog you want anything uh now you're probably depressed go over there like and i just (laughs) and it sucked and you know i had to sit down and really think about it because you know, uh, I, I say this a lot, like comedy, like a lot of art communities 
can have an element of adult drama club to it where it's yeah. like you some shit gets real big gas but real serious shit doesn't get talked about it kind of just gets pushed off to the side and yeah i i feel you and i empathize with you I, Dude, I think i'm that, not i'm not gonna shout out any specific show just because i don't want to talk shit talk your shit but there's there's a couple of shows in new york that are like big shows mm-hmm. uh and also i mean just like people headlining or one-offs or like shows at Union Hall that are like monthlies, whatever. Yeah. You look at them and you're like, yo, these are sold out. Every time they're sold out. That's mm-hmm. great. Mm-hmm. I would love to do it. Mm-hmm. You try to get on, you ask or whatever. Either they'll make room for you or they don't. And then you show up and you're like, oh, I don't want to be around this environment at all. Yeah. You're not going to get better at all doing this kind of fucking environment. Yeah. You are, this is all clapter. Yeah. You're saying shit um, that that you know they're gonna like already. You're not mm-hmm. trying anything new, mm-hmm. and there is a level of um, like let's say I'm doing an hour and people paid like twenty thirty bucks to see me. Man, I'm gonna give you thirty minutes that are like silly, goofy dog yeah, shit. It's gonna be fun because you want you're supposed to have fun. Yeah, but also at a certain point, stretch your artistic limbs a little bit. Try yeah. to see if you can make some shit that bothers you funny. Try to see if you can make something that you think means something. Yeah, uh, have them walk away with something. These yeah. are these are people who every time I see them, um, think that they're they're getting great at like an art form mm-hmm. such as comedy, or they're doing something important, and all they're doing is just like feeding feeding the 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 beast of of audience whose audiences who just want to hear more of what they want to hear, yeah. and they and they react to what's on stage with whoops and hollers instead of actual laughs yeah which if you're getting down to comedy at the fucking at like brass tacks it's just that you're, it's, you're supposed to get laughs you're supposed to make people laugh yeah that's the whole point yeah i personally see comedy as a vessel to be able to do deeper shit mm-hmm. um i like like i it, the first time i watched bo burnham's inside i was kind of like man this wasn't comedy what the fuck mm-hmm. you know and then i watched it and i was like I don't know. I laughed a lot through it. And then by the end, I was thinking about some shit that I really needed to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's value there. But like a lot of the shit that we let pass is like good comedy mm-hmm. is really just people reinforcing what's already being supported. I hear you. I, I think that like and this is not about not about this. This part is not about someone specific. And then I'll get into someone specific. Yeah. But like I think that if anything I would say also current just like straight heterosexual fucking Midwestern comedy where it's like yeah. man does this, women does this type comedy stresses me yeah. out. Com- I mean like talk about your relationships all you want. This this is my personal preference, but I'm like we cannot sit here and pretend that like you coming up and talking about how you suck six dicks this week and they were all from white rappers is like – it like and it's like what you've told me is that you've processed this as I'm insane and I'm processing it as like girl you need help because yeah. you have a thing for white rappers and it's their fault coming to you not your fault for seeking I'll say it there's not a majority of white rappers I would say there's too yeah. many right now but there's also not many you know what I mean <laughs> so um but like I think that like that sort of shit is exhausting for me to see and I as a stand up I'm just like I think it's like what we're talking about with TV it's like at some point you started like really thinking about the technical of it I'm just like stand up art music it kind of is a vessel for who you are 
I think yeah. that, like, you know, if we ask about Louis C.K., he's a big dickhead for what he's done, and, you know, he's been a big dickhead in his stand-up. So we kind of saw it. The, the writing yeah. was very much on the wall with him. And I think that, like, that sort of shit is... Um, True of a lot of stand up. There's a lot of people who are like, when I hear your set, I'm just like, yeah, you're not interesting as a person. Like, there's people yeah. who stand up where I'm like, oh, you, this is like fire. Or there's stand up where I was like, oh, I've heard this joke with other words plugged in. So it's like, you've mad libbed this joke from someone yeah. else. And it's like, everyone's on their journey. I'm not gonna sit here and judge you because, you know, we, we find what we find is important from like seeing how it applies in the world. But that being said, like, for me, the, comedy that stresses me out the most it's not even the one where it's clapped or the one where it's like you know you go into the joint and it's just like straight heterosexual goofy nonsense like it really is people pretending to be smarter than they actually are or pretending to be a voice for the culture when i'm just like no you a voice for you and i and i will say this this is full admission when i first got into stand-up I was in Ohio. I was the only black dude doing stand-up in my college. So I was doing all the black jokes. Yeah. I was doing, like I was talking about being black, talking about being African, about being Muslim, da 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 And I did like in college, and this is you can one of them at least is online somewhere. I did three full hours of stand-up in college just off of jokes. What? Because it because I because basically I, had a, I have a neuroscience degree that is a flex, uh, but like on the other side of that, and I, I have AMC A list. <laughs> you have a neuroscience degree, and I have AMC A list. Yeah, let's fucking go. <laughs> and that's our flexes. But here's the but here's the thing: you paid twenty dollars a month. I paid out the ass for the rest of my life. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, <laughs> so like we like I think that you win this flex. That is a funny bit that more. you actually just get to understand better how the loans stress you out. Oh, I was like, yeah, I'm just over here like wow. Oh, so there's no. Dopamine in my amygdala That's great Cool So Man if only I knew Anyways (laughs) Like uh, (laughs) uh, Suicide's not funny uh, Except for when you've Had suicide ideation And you think it's funny But um, Ultimately I think that like I was the only person doing those jokes. Everyone else was doing kind of like, you know, middle of the road, like white Christian sort of like that is the main culture of the country that people can really apply shit to. And when I came to New York, it wasn't like that. And at first, because I really wanted to talk about the police, I really wanted to talk about like if you listened to the jokes that I did years ago, which is why it's become harder for me to write jokes now, they were very much about like social phenomena. They're really about like racism. They were about cops. They were not, not even really. I have one joke about date about like having sex at all and the whole joke is a is trying to get to a joke about the police like it's like it's all that's like the way my brain was wired and that was what was important to me and i definitely for a period was like yo i'm doing it it matters like i'm 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 helping i'm like adding to the conversation and then i it just something happened in my brain especially after trump one where it's like Everyone wanted to do political jokes. Like, nigga, you weren't about shit last week. And now and and now you're fucking the comedy DeRay McKesson. Come on, bro. Dude. So I am I am I am happy to announce yeah. that I did not make a single political joke throughout that whole I thing. will say about Joe, he made the dumbest, stupidest, most foul, gross humor I've ever heard. Not once did he say Nancy Pelosi's name on the stage. And <laughs> I respect that about you. I respect that about you, my nigga. Like, no, no, but like 
I think that like comedy is what you make it, right? It's like if you want to make it jokes that like alleviate the pain, cool. If you want to make jokes that like criticize the pain, cool. If it's jokes that like make the pain look so stupid, it's like why are we even doing that? Like there's always a way to like get to anything. But I just wasn't feeling the comedy anymore. And there's one person who like people can g off off of it. And I think that like that's what I don't like about like the current state of comedy, where like people kind of mind their trauma on stage and do yeah. it in a way where. I I like writing TV because I like writing from multiple points of view and multiple perspectives. And then we make a, we make the reality together. Not you come on stage, talk about all these people that you've like either fuck with or have done you wrong. But like for some reason you're not at fault. I went to a show at Union Home. I was on the show and I saw a comedian who now is gone to the stratosphere in comedy. And honestly, I'm happy for them. But they... Like nah, okay, that's not true. I'm not happy for them. I'm I'm mad at the world, but I'm also like, get your back, sis. You know? Yeah. So um That is a very healthy way to look at oh, it. By the way. It's always like I can't fucking believe it happened to you, but you know you did have a dream at one point. Exactly. Oh, 100 percent And listen, you uh, there's some people who get in where they fit in, there's some people who climb up the ladder. I'm not gonna be mad at you. Get yours. As long as you get in yours, it doesn't get in the way of me getting mine, we good money. But like ultimately she just got on stage and did the worst fucking set I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> ever seen in my goddamn life. <laughs> and told the audience, oh, you're not laughing because you're racist. And I was like, my G. No, 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 no. Yo. They're not laughing because there's no jokes. <laughs> like, this is not funny. And it was bad. And I've done shows with this person mad times. And every time this shit is like wild trash and like unprepared, not put together. And, you know, they, they, you know, they hit a lick and they kept hitting that lick over and over and over again. And now, you know, they, they're living a pretty good life and not a life that I want, because I think that once you set yourself up to be like the voice of black people or voice of the race and stuff like that, not just your voice, my, at some point the, the culture turns on you. Uh, yeah. And I think it happened multiple times, but ultimately it's like, I had, like I said, I'm mad at the world, not this person because white people love this person. Like they go up for them right yeah so i'm just like and i'm and i'm like yo this person makes jokes for the white gays and the white gays and that's i was it. gonna say most of the time i am at a show mm-hmm. where i talked about what i what i'm saying where it's usually just people fucking woo, woo. Yeah. It, it's usually the audience is like 90 percent white people. yeah that's i mean that's also most shows that cost money right yeah here. and also like unfortunately <laughs> brooklyn has 90 percent white people now so yeah. it's like it feels like that when you especially go to these where, shows. Like, where the shows happen yeah you know unless you're coming out and doing shows in bushwick yeah but even then, yeah. Even then, yeah. It's it. Uh, and again, th- I want to just reiterate. It's like I'm not saying this like putting some hateration in her dancery, but like I'm like ultimately, that shit like is discouraging. It's like, man, is there? Yeah. There is no right way to do this. I was talking to my homie Danny the other day about it. I was talking to uh, Karen, Jordan, all these people. Like comedy, art, any of this shit is not a meritocracy. It really is who you know, how you know them, and keeping it pushing. Unless you really are about that art shit. And there are very few people who yeah. are. Like, I don't know about you. This is how I look at fame. I don't want it anywhere fucking near me. I don't like Word. it. I don't like, like, I don't enjoy being on camera as much. Like, yeah. I think I got on camera when I got to New York. So, oh, this is a way to, like, you know, get what I'm saying out. But I just don't enjoy it. And um, yeah. I think that that invasion of privacy and that sort of like oh, that vulnerable oversharing that has become like the genre of comedy that is like taking over everything. It's like I'm oversharing about all this and this, and you're gonna enjoy it because guess what? Yeah. I'm on stage for ten minutes. Ha uh-huh. Like I can't. Dude, it is. I it, can't do it. It sucks because the exact thing you're talking like the 
the oversharing, that's that's how I write. Yeah. Where to get anything that works, I need to overshare to myself on fucking yeah. paper and to like yourself, get it out to get to get to the you basically have yeah. to see all that coal and put that pressure on it to get the diamond. And then so. I feel like when I when I, I don't know when I first started doing like any material about like depression, I feel like it wasn't it definitely wasn't coming off funny because you mm-hmm. could tell that I was actually just processing in front of mm-hmm. people. Yeah. And that's not the kind of comedy I want to do at all. That's also yeah. not even what my character is. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I, this, it's definitely a theater thing. I'm from the theater world. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, it's just what I'm trained in, bro. Like I, comedy's always been a means to an end to me. I want to use comedy to be able to get cast in Broadway plays, musicals, yeah. TV shows, movies. Yeah. Like that's what yeah. that's what my goal is. Mm-hmm. Um, Speak that shit into existence. Uh, but those worlds are flooded with people who, uh, on a daily basis, are I feel deciding what's 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 brave in that moment, and mm-hmm. then and then applauding, like over applauding, and rewarding people for doing what is quote unquote brave in that Mm. moment. And one Mm. of those things I think is people just like completely oversharing every thought that they have, whether it be positive that they do it, whether it be negative that they do it, whether they're like reinforcing anything bad by like, Hey, I'm not, I'm not saying I think this, but I'm saying I, I have thought this, like, you know, that kind of like people, they always justify any kind of like oversharing by being like, you made me feel seen, you yeah. know? And yeah. there's been stuff online, like on, on TikTok, I'll make a video, like there's like a viral trend going and I like, so, like my video ends up being about depression mm-hmm. or something, which I think usually stands out on my page because the rest is me being silly, goofy and loud. Mm-hmm. And it'll get a lot of likes. It'll, it'll get a lot of laughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you can't usually tell, but I'm getting laughing emojis. So I'm hoping that that means they're LMA. Nah, every time I said a laughing emoji, I'm just like <laughs> straight face, like just angry. Like that's the thing. Like whenever you text, like I'm not like, unless I will send you a laughing emoji. If I literally like, ha ha, like a Muppet open my mouth all the way up. Like, so you can see my molars. Like, that's the only time I'll send you that. I'll be like LMAO. Yeah. That's what, that, when you see LMAO, it's like, I laughed, I chortled, I felt warmth. I inhaled a little bit. Like that's what you get. But like, but yeah. but I've seen your videos. Like they make me laugh out loud. I've seen my friends see them. My friends, whenever they're like, "Yo, how's Joey doing?" I'm just yeah. like, "He's doing great." Like I just know. <laughs> so yeah, you, I, I believe it. But you were saying, it's just it's just um, sometimes I actually can't tell if I love when I when I post a video like that. That to me feels like oversharing. Yeah, because. You're talking about some shit that's like personal and deep to you, but you're mm-hmm. doing it for the greater, for the greater joke yeah. that it is. Yeah. And when people start telling me, they'll comment stuff like, "Hey, I know this was a joke, but this made me feel very good," or like, "This made me feel fine." There's a lot of times where I've gotten off stage, and I'm just doing I'm doing my depression stuff as giggly and silly as I can. Yeah. And I have people coming up to me after the show, being like, "Hey, I really, you know, I heard all that." Yeah. I just want to let you know that, like, I care. Got you. And whatever. Mm-hmm. And I actually don't like that. You don't like being, like, being seen. Yeah, in like, way. not in, I'm like, um, or at least making a bigger deal of it than it is. Yeah. Because I'm going. A bigger deal of it, it, it than it is to you or to the audience? To me, member? yeah. Okay, to you. I remember I talked, I, 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 
I was processing not feeling like any work I do is important or meaningful mm-hmm. uh, in therapy the other week. And I counteracted me saying mm-hmm. that I feel like they have no value and it's hard for me to keep working uh, with the fact that I do get messages like that and mm-hmm. comments and people being like, you make me feel less alone and I'm laughing all the time. That's sick. Yeah. And, and my therapist is going like, so are you saying that they have no value to you anymore? Or do you think that they have no value like in the world? And mm-hmm. I'm going, maybe, just maybe this kind of stuff just doesn't have value to me anymore. Mm-hmm. But I'm finally at a point in my life and or career, if you can call it that yet. That's mm-hmm. your, your career. It's what you, I mean, you're making bread off of it. And, yeah. it's, and it's starting to take off. It's your career, bro. Um, but it like, it's already been, it's already been rescinded of any and all mm-hmm. value that I, that I thought it had any like naivete, any yeah. like youthful ignorance that yeah. I had looking at it. And I'm going, well, I'm actually just making this because I knew it would go viral and I knew it would get more eyes on me. And on top of that, I have quality control on all my work where yeah. I actually do want it to be funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I posted it. And other people going like, damn, he was inspired to make this. Yeah. And the joke about depression that he knows lets people feel seen. I feel like I'm talking around in circles, but I'm, I'm processing the idea of like, Making work because I'm so. I remember talking to Yudoye about the idea of like we can't we can't quit mm-hmm. doing this because it's just fully who we are now. Yeah, I'm so deeply like I can't turn around at 27 and just start being a doctor. I could, but like, I think about it daily. In 20 yeah. in 2020, but right before you know my career started to really like. It, it took that step into like, oh, now people are paying you big money to do the shit you need to do. And by big money, I mean medium money because niggas don't run up on me. Like I live somewhere yeah. nice, but only only for a year. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't, don't come get me. But like I was looking at programs. To go. I was going to be a therapist. That's why I got a degree in neuroscience. I was looking at programs to go and like learn like cross-cultural therapy. I bought a real estate way. course. Dog, I was <laughs> ready to jump ship. And I, I think about that a lot where it's like, yo, take this comedy career from me. Or like, yo, fuck this comedy career. I will go be a therapist and make a lot of money too. Yeah. Uh, because I know, and I will talk specifically to artists about this shit. Yeah. Because also like, like what I like about you and, you know, Yadoye and, you know, Danny, a lot of my other homies it's like I have found a way to like find people who I got a good head on their shoulders, right? But also it's like I really don't care about your art if you're a shitty person. If yeah. I know that you'd be doing people filthy, like, you know, you know, I'll say their names and then probably bleep them, but like mm. it's just people where I'm like, y'all are I I know how you have treated other people. I see how you move. And I pray to God that you get security before those people rise up because they're actually talented. Yeah. <laughs> and once they like realize, oh, this was explo- I was being exploited, or wow, they treated me pretty shitty, and then yeah. stole my ideas to get on, et cetera, et cetera. Like, if they like protect yourself, like not from me, but I'm just saying from like there are people that you fucked up. I can't respect that. If I see that you move in a respectable way, you're you're open, you're kind to people. And generally, like, you, you know, are trying to, like, marry both those parts of yourself, the onstage persona, the sort of, like, this over-the-top person, and a person who is, like, genuinely cares and is empathetic, then I'm going to bang with you. And I think that, and even if it's not on stage, even if it's in other parts of your art, 
I think it's just very hard at this moment because we have a lot of people who have very individualized experiences of a person yeah. who are then incentivized to be quiet about those uh, experiences because they're scared that it's going to um, affect their future employment. Like, yeah. there's some people that I was like, yo, I wish I could run off at the mouth about you, OD, but I know that you're, <laughs> you work at a certain company, and then, yeah. I, then and I'd like to work at that company, and then once I get to a point above you, maybe I'll say something, but I'm like, that's the thing. I don't want to always be in that mindset, and that's why I am off <laughs> social media, and I, I want people to be like, oh, what does mama do, and not really have a one thing, because I like doing yeah. comedy. I like writing drama. I like working on documentaries. I like editing scripts. I like doing activist shit. I like being out in the streets when I can actually walk. I enjoy DJing. Like I've always been someone who's like, I kind of want to not have that label on me. But yeah. unfortunately, if you say, oh, I'm a comedian, people are like, jokes, jokes, do jokes now. And if you say that, like, oh, you're a writer, they're like, what have yeah. you written? Have you written? I'm like, nah, I just kind of want to do the things that I want to do. And you got to define that shit for yourself. I don't know about you, but for me, no. I let too many people tell me who I was for a little bit too long. I definitely and, have that. And man, there. listen, <laughs> I will be running fades effective immediately. Yeah. Like at this point, that is why I'm like kind of getting back with this podcast and also trying to get back with like writing. It's like, there are some people that thought that, oh, he's not going to say anything. I'm like, nah, I'm, now yeah. I'm going to. And it won't be looking good because the receipts, the receipts are deep, my guy. Yeah. So. Dude, anybody I know who I can, you know, you can tell based on, you know, people have come up in like the open mic scene and then you start doing shows and now these are like your peers. Even if you're not friends, you look at each other and you go like, I see you. Like, mm-hmm. I see what you're doing. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who I can tell have only uh, come up or maintained any name because uh, it's just the networking. Yeah. And it's just the it's just uh, who you stay about, who you walk over to mm-hmm. get to where you get. And those mm-hmm. are people I usually don't find myself. I'm friendly with everybody. You are. I can't find myself being cool with people who I can tell are just interested in whatever they can get out of you or anybody in the room. Uh, and if they have to like eat anybody alive to get like to the fucking position that they want, they'll do it. I can't. You have just described Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, that, that's my opinion. Like, honestly, there's other parts of LA where it's not like that when it's not industry like focus and yeah. shit like that. But And there are you. people who I've met with who, you know, peop- recently it's happening because, you know, they follow me on TikTok and then we, and then we follow each other like mm-hmm. coincidentally. And mm-hmm. TikTok gives you a, a message notification when you end up following someone who follows you mm-hmm. like goes like hey you guys are friends say hi mm-hmm. and I've met just yesterday I got a DM from the dude who made Catfish oh what's someone's name Nev Shulman Nev Shulman yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. we follow each other on, on, on TikTok and Shit. he was like do you have a show this Friday uh, so like I meet people that way mm-hmm. um, and yeah dude there's sometimes where I feel like I look at their account and they're and what they're doing, and I'm like, oh, you work with some pretty cool people. I would like to work with at some point. Yeah, you're you're at a level I would like to be at. Yeah, and obviously, if they're messaging me, I would assume that they're looking at my stuff and going, oh, he could help me with writing, making something I wrote that I want to be funny, be funny. He could he could act in a thing that I have. Like, hopefully, they they think there's a trade off because when I'm hanging out with some of these people, I'm not in my head. Going like, how can I fucking use this person to move ahead? Mm-hmm. It's more about like, obviously we like each other's stuff and I want to meet up with you to see how this could become a thing. If yeah. it does become a thing. Yeah. 
I feel like there's a lot of people who just meet up, and if you if there's like no career value in being your friend, yeah. you're put to the fucking curb. Oh, 100%. And I think that, like, my, my the way that I always say is, like, yo, if we can't grow together, we don't go together. Like, at the end of the day, like, I have homies that, like, I've seen them grow into much stronger artists, much more of a command of their voice, because we all kind of just supported what the other person wanted to say and do, as opposed to, like, trying to make them do our thing yeah. and then let go of them. And, you know, I, also, we had to be fucking real. There's a lot of comedians. <laughs> there's a there's lot too of... Many. There's many. I'll say it. We should kill some comedians. No, yeah. uh, no uh, there's just too many comedians. Population control. Yeah, population. You know, listen, just like deer, just <laughs> <laughs> it's like you have 13 seconds to make a joke that's hilarious. Otherwise, I'm sorry, you got to go. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I think that um, it's not even just comedians. There's a lot of people that you run across in your life. And we live in a time where like they will eternally have access to you through social media. There yeah. was a time in history where like, yo, we went to high school together. I might not see you to our 20th anniversary again. And guess what? We have a lot to talk about. It's been 20 years. Yeah. There's some people who are like, I haven't talked to in two years. And they're like, it's the same energy as if like we talk every day. I'm like, nah, dog, like this isn't like friendship shit. This yeah. is like, I think you're dope, but like over there, like, yeah. do your thing. like and I think that's also... I that's the thing I don't like about the social media aspect of all of this is that it really is very binary. It's like yo, you either bang with this person or you don't. I know that we have mutual friends that like they they spoken out about something they were passionate about, and then people unfollowed them because they were friends of the person they called out. And I'm just like, grow up, grow the grow the fuck yeah. up, like come the fuck on. Like I, if it's they so did funny something- whenever someone unfollows someone, yeah. I'm like, now I actually just know you type in that person's name to go check their page when you Duh, go to. I had to. I had to. Um, you know, I'll say my son's name, but like I had to check because a friend of ours, a mutual friend of ours was like over here, like he got called out by some shorty for something that was supposed to be worse than it actually was. Like, it, yeah. it, and honestly, when you look at the details and the facts and like all the other shit, it was big cap on her part and she just needed a safe face. It was, it, yeah. it was hard because like we live in a time where we're trying to like believe people who are saying that they're victims. But we also have to verify because there's just we have to otherwise the system's just not gonna like swinging the pendulum the other way is not gonna pretend that the other side doesn't exist so yeah. we have to figure out the balances and my man was like texting me like and you know I had been off social media for a minute and I was and he was just like yo like you gotta go like check this account and like make sure like I, I don't think you wanna follow this person anymore and I was like dog why are you checking on me following other people do you and then he did that thing where he's like he made like a big post about unfollowing this dude and everything that's my homie that's my boy and I'm yeah. just like the reason why we're boys is that I know that when he is ready to have this conversation, I'm going to sit down with him and be like, yo, what the fuck is going on? And guess yeah. what? That happened. Friendship still intact, going strong. That's my homie. But yeah. the other way around, like, it made me see you know, my man in a different way, being like, yo, you really are a fair weather person. Like, you go on yeah. with the, the tide and the tide shift every day for reasons that we keep pretending are like, <laughs> they're like, no, this is, this is for the greater good, but actually it's for what you want. <laughs> and yeah. your, not even sense of comfort, because I think we all deserve to be comfortable, but because you might not want to have an uncomfortable conversation or face any sort of account ability and that's just unfortunately like the our community and i'll say it there's like niggas who do podcasts in the community who've been saying the n-word and shit like that i'm like yo there are yeah. a lot of black people where i'm just like yo you still run with those people you are 100 percent buns to me like that is absolutely <laughs> fucking yeah. gross and foul like you y'all hear like, yo black lives matter i'm like yo Punch this nigga in his chest till his shoulders touch. Cause that yeah. nigga be saying the N-word every day on the podcast. And that's a white dude. Like I don't 
I just there's a lot of that, and I think that again, if we can't grow together, we don't go together. And I think um, ultimately, I am aware of people who look through you to see the person behind you because they might be more interesting, and that's it. I don't I don't enjoy that, and I think that yeah, removing the amount of access people had to me through social media made me feel. I wouldn't say it made because it's it's like detox. We've it's yeah. our generation has been on social media half of our lives. It is the way we communicate now, and Gen Z even more so. But dog, <laughs> like, dude, I I will say that I am currently on my phone an unhealthy amount in the past two weeks because I had one video that went super viral that then like an eight million follower account. Post, reposted. reposted. Oof. I gained 6,000 that day on Instagram. So now I'm like on Instagram more so and thinking about it differently about... It's a, not just a place for you to go be you now. now it's not, so you it's for, not a fun, comfortable place. Now it's a business. That's why That's why I had to get out of my account. I'm yeah. not a business. I'm a fucking person. I know that we love branding. Like, what's your brand? What's your, nah, I'm a person and my brand is I'm a do me. And if you agree with it or not, you can roll with the punches. Like... And it's because the industry is risk averse. They don't want to. They want to know what your brand is, so that way they can market to that brand and that audience and use whatever followers you have to like you know activate you know them to come watch their shit. And ultimately, they don't really. They want you to just do the things that you want to do. And this will going all the way back to Jason Bateman and uh, Jim Carrey. Like I don't want to play the industry game for the rest of my life. I already know what I want to say and I already know how I want to say it. And that will change over time. And yeah. if you're not going to get on board with that, then I don't really want to work with you. And I'm not saying I'm like I'm an unruly fucking smart savant who's smarter than everyone else. Like, no, it's like I know what I want to say and I don't want to like come out here and like I feel fake when I'm not being when I have to edit and re-edit and re-edit what I'm saying just so I'm like don't want to insult this person, but I also want to make sure that this is me. When I'm yeah. writing a 45-word sentence, which could have been three words, and when, yeah. I'm, when I'm writing a two-page notes apology over a tweet, that's when you've lost the plot, and I can't do that shit no more. So yeah. I feel you. It's it's <laughs> Shout out to you, because you're still out in the streets. I mean, your, your content's hot boy shit, which is very political. We all know that's tied to the art, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's like, you do, like... Make America hot again. Make America hot. Maha. <laughs> <laughs> Make America hot. Maha. Maha. See, that's your video. You just jump into a... Uh, Make America hot. <laughs> when you're eating a fucking <laughs> a pizza, pizza a hot pocket. That sounded like something different. For my porn hub aficionados, when you're making you know a- what it sounded like. <laughs> yes, when you're at the ramen spot <laughs> with the boys. <laughs> No, I mean, ultimately, like, it's it's tough out here. I think that the, the landscape that we make comedy in is different than it was 15, 20 years ago, definitely. And you think about, like, the Chappelles and the people who are that old who are now trying to adapt to now. It's like, nah. Like, back in the day, people had to, like, hit up the LA Times to, like, write an article, an opinion article about you. Now, a mob of people can write their opinion. And sorry, if you trans... And your opinion is, yo, this nigga's trash. I'm not going to be like, you're wrong about your yeah. experience. But on that other side, I also don't like when people come to tell me that I'm wrong about my experience. And that, that has done a mental mindfuck on me in the last several years of my life. And now that I'm coming out of it, I'm just like, I really want to just be me and do what I need to do. And like you're saying about Yodoye, it's like, we've been in this for a minute. Like, yeah. It's hard to turn away from it. I don't, I don't see myself not being an artist 
uh, I feel like it always will be part of me. But like, there will be a time in my life where I want to go back to teaching, where I'll want to like do more movement work. Like, I think that that's just the nature of who I am. But like, unfortunately, that <laughs> that's not incentivized by any of the shit that we do right now. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Um, I don't even know what the hell I would do if this doesn't work out. Let's go to America's favorite game show. What will Joey do <laughs> if comedy doesn't work out? With your host, me, nigga. Joey, what will you do uh, if this doesn't work out? Uh, uh, sell t-shirts. Sell t-shirts. Survey says... Dude, I actually have always wanted to do a fashion line. I feel very much Kanye esque in that. In are, that you, are you also gonna make apocalypse type fits? <laughs> is, is that some of his clothes are so whack, dude? I hate. But you can't argue that he has vision. The guy's got vision in in the way that uh, people have eyes and can see with them. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like I will say that like there have been. There's only been one thing that Kanye has made uh, clothes wise. That I wanted to wear, and it, the, it was like, like the, shoes. It no? was just Yeezy three fifties. Like yeah. I still care. Like I was, you know, I, I didn't have bread when them shit came. Them shits came out. I can't be out here spending a yeah. third of my rent on sneakers. So I didn't. No. Um, I didn't cop. But like after the whole uh, Trump shit, I was like, oh, I don't know if I can support your nigga. You're really wilding right now. You really blow my high, bro. Buddy, uh, I, I own a lot of Kanye clothes. Yeah, I mean, you're on the population. But the thing is, like. You, you. I don't think that I'm gonna look at someone for being a consumer or someone being like you are a tacit supporter of everything they believe in. Yeah, niggas just want to look fly. Maybe I just like the hoodie. You know? Do you like the giant the labia jacket? The one that has I did a lot of almost buy one. I did yeah. almost buy one, and I couldn't justify spending two hundred dollars on that. It was two hundred dollars. It was two hundred. Wow. And then with shipping, it was like two thirty. Fuck out of here. Couldn't justify that. Fuck out of here. I yeah. there was a younger me who would save up money and justify buying really expensive shit. Mm-hmm. And then I realized uh that my friends like me no matter how much my clothes cost. That's not true. <laughs> <laughs> That's not factual at all. <laughs> the amount of friends that I have is directly proportional to the amount of shoes that I have. So <laughs> when I throw away a pair of shoes, I throw away a pair of friends. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. That is true. I I, I did I, I put a lot of money into sneakers in the past couple of years. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like I do look pretty fucking good a lot of the time. I will say, like, you know, go to my man's Instagram. My man be popping style uh, left and right. It, it is. It's honestly. I look goddamn good. You do, bro. And, like, you you have really good fits. And, you know, I think that, like, that is your prerogative. And also, like, you are very visible. So might as well look good being visible. Yeah. I feel stupid not being on social media buying shoes. I'd be like, yo, I, I look at the mirror and be like, damn. I did this like. for me. <laughs> I'd be looking at damn, myself in the mirror and being like, like. <laughs> being like, damn, no one liked this You're yet. You're double tapping the mirror, <laughs> yeah, the mirror in the like, bathroom. Tap, tap, tap. <laughs> Leave it a comment and be like, looking fresh, my guy. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, nah. I, 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 I do remember I, I, did some, I did some girl's podcast recently who DM'd me. Who She said, this was cool because I thought she... Had gotten to know me because of being a comedian herself, mm. but I guess she started like recently, and she had actually been following me like for like four years because oh, she saw me like on some show and was like, "Hey, not only were you funny, but you dress really well." And in that moment, I was like, "That means so much to me." Are you fucking kidding me? Is it a white person? It was. Let me tell you the compliment. The compliment ranking order. It was. This was a three out of five. I think it's a three out of five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. 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 Black teenagers. Because here's the thing, dude. 
I love black teenagers, but there's a lot of hate in your heart for the world and the state of things. And I like, understand. Honestly, it's mostly hateration and being roasted. But when a black person goes like, yo, them shits is fly, I'd be like, yo, how old are you? 16? Cool. Stay away from me. Fuck yeah. Fuck but yeah. this is lit. Thanks, bro. <laughs> this is the best day of my life. Old black people. Old black people because... They've lived a life. They've, yeah. <laughs> they've lived through they've a lot of shit. Trends. They've seen trends. They've forecasted trends. They know what's going they've on. They've seen shit live, live and die. They're like, it's like, looking good, young man on the street. Boy, I'll smile anywhere I'm going. I could be going <laughs> to a funeral. And someone will be like, yo, why are you smiling? I'm like, black, old black lady told me I look good on the street told me today. I look so good. you look good. Uh, very low on my list is what white people think. But that yeah. is, you know, uh, your prerogative. Because I, I think that, like, there's a thing about being black or just a person of color that, like, when you pull up wearing anything that is not. Not like uh, you know an Oxford button down or something like wow regular people are like yo like, you look fly and I was like these are pajamas like yeah. I, I'm sleeping in these tonight <laughs> like it, it I think that like that's why I'm that oh, and especially being in like the Midwest and shit like that like when I come back I switch to go back home to see my family and shit like that some people be like yo those shoes are fly I'm like. Stan Smiths, <laughs> yeah. Like, like you never been to Dick's Sporting Goods, but like, to them it's just all about uh, rocking Merrills. Yeah, dog. <laughs> you know, dog. It, I don't know, I, and I can't like, I can't, I can't front. Yeah, it's the funny thing is, the older I get, the more I do just want a comfortable sneaker. I want a comfortable yeah. pair of pants, even these jeans, bro. I yeah. stopped wearing jeans. I took these out of the closet recently. These are nice selvage denim jeans. Yeah, in New York, I feel like they're they're part of the. Uh, uh, they're like a stepping stone in fashion. You have to own a pair of selvage denim jeans. Really? Wear them over years. Really? Yeah, because they grow to fit you. Yeah, oh, true. You buy them and they're rigid as fuck. They're uncomfortable, but after like a month of wearing them, they, they, like, they fit you. Okay. Like you don't buy used selvage denim, mm. you know? Okay. Uh, I remember like first put them on and then I'm like, these are comfortable in comparison to other jeans. Yeah. These aren't the most comfortable well, jeans, pants. Yeah, there are more comfortable fits to wear. I think that's honestly what I want to do. And, you know, shout out to Daniel Kluya showing up to, like, I think it was, like, the BAFTAs or something and, like, pajama fit. That's what I want. Love it. I'm trying to be fucking relaxed. Dude, at- Alina got me a pair of... Uh- one of the first times I ever slept over a place, she wore this pajama set that I touched. And it was like the softest thing in the world. Yeah. And then for Christmas this year, she got me the gray long sleeve pajama set. And it straight up looks like I'm stepping out in like what someone would wear on a red carpet. Oof. And I feel so... The only thing is that Don't the pants are a little too loose. And I'm a short guy. Can't wear too loose pants. And it, they swallow me up. Like, you, like... It'll make me look tinier. Damn. If they're too loose. How, how tall are you? You said it earlier. I'm 5'6". That's I not thought bad. I was 5'7". But here's the thing. But your voice is 6'2". So like... You that's vi- all that matters. That's all that matters. Do, right is now. it actually 6'2", or do you think I'm... Comp- like, it sounds like I'm compensating for being shorter. My I, goal would be for people to listen to this, not even look at me, and think that I'm 6'2 the whole time. I would never believe that. I think, <laughs> I, I, I think it's not your fault. I think it's because Charlie Day exists, and like you have similar manic energies that yeah. people will be like, there's something small but big in that person. I think that's yeah. what I would hear out of your voice if I heard of you. Have you Charlie thought about- Day is actually part of that group of people I mentioned earlier, like the Jim Carrey, Steve Carell, yeah. Alan Williams, because he's a theater guy. Is he? He met, uh, from what I understand, he met Glenn Harrington at like theater auditions. Yeah. And then they met... Um, Jesus Christ, Mac. What's his fucking real name? Uh, Rob McElhenney. Rob, right, yeah, Rob McElhenney. They met later on, but I think he met Glenn Harrington and them first, and he wanted to do like theater fest. He wanted to do plays, yeah, Shakespeare. Yeah. Even now, you can see like some of the stuff he like tries to do. I think he tries to be a little bit more serious, but he keeps getting cast as like 
the goofy, loud fucking guy. Like, yeah. he just does the same thing. Because it, it sucks. Like, you're not getting anything out of it, but audience's attention and the studio who, like, you've already sold the specific brand, like, you know, yeah. they are getting what they want out of it. And, oh, man, I, I don't know. I don't know. Do you think, uh, let's, do a, let's do a projection 10 years in the future. What do you think you'll be doing? I think 10 years from now, I would hopefully, hopefully I'd be leading a dramedy. Okay. You know, I'd be making that slow transition as an adult. I'd be, I'd be 37. I would probably have a kid at that point. Okay. I would be thinking about, wow, I've thought that, but I never really said that. I think I'm going to have a kid by like mid thirties. You think so? Yeah. Also, I just really love my girlfriend. I can envision us having a life together. I don't know how long. I mean, we'd be piping, you know? At one point, it'll, you look so disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm going to put the wild romantic music under this. <laughs> You're like, yo, they be piping. <laughs> they be making babies. They are knucking and bucking. They are knucking and oh. bucking. <laughs> that Casper mattress is shaking. Knucking and bucking, sucking and fucking. And ready you to know fight. What's going on, <laughs> dog. That, I mean, listen. I, I feel like you you young, and I think that honestly, you know, something that you don't hear a lot is men being like, "I want a kid." Dude, like, I want a kid so bad, but yeah. the idea of like. I don't know, like my parents are doctors, so I feel like they could realistically have thought like, yeah, I'll have, we'll have a kid by 33, because mm-hmm. I think that's when they had my older brother. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I'm like, I have no concrete evidence that I will make enough money to, to have a kid live a comfortable life. <laughs> to fund a kid. To fund you, a child. You have to kickstarter your child. Because I, like, I envision myself, I'm not, it's, dude, it's not like I... The thing, the thing with what we do is the idea that is like we make no money for so long. Oh, yeah. We make no money for such a long time. And even when we are successful, there's people who, you know, you get asked to do charity gigs where you're not paid at all. And yeah. you, you, do, you do a lot of stuff for free. Mm-hmm. Um, so when you are successful, you're making like six figures at minimum yeah. for like being on a TV show, for being a writer, for doing whatever. Yeah. And I, right now, have none of that within my grasp. Immediate grasp. Immediate grasp. Mm-hmm. So I'm, like, I want, like, my, my girlfriend, she makes good money. She's, she's establishing, like, a new thing where she'd be, like, live a more comfortable life while still making more, more money on a regular basis than I do. Mm-hmm. And I'm, like, aside from being a fun person to be around, the comedian, I'm, like, what the fuck? do I have to offer in terms of like actually being able to like supply yeah. anything. And I want a family so bad, but I'm looking in my future and all I get scared about is the idea of like making a lot of money at one point and then like not being able to sustain it mm-hmm. or like the only, the only thing I see for me to be comfortable is making a shit ton of money yeah. at some point doing this. Yeah. And I, and I also, that's closely linked to fame. So when you, when you ask me like what fame means to me, mm-hmm. fame to me usually means you know that that person's wealthy as fuck. That's what it always looks like. But honestly, I know that, I know that's not true oh, yeah, for yeah. a lot of people. And I know, cause I know you're not dumb. Otherwise we would not be on a podcast for an hour and a half. <laughs> yeah. But like, 
Yeah, it it sucks because that's it's similar. It's like I hate money and I famously hate money. Like I've I had an offer to write on a show and I turned it down because not because of the money because I need money to survive, but because I cannot continue to get paid for niggas I hate <laughs> to yeah. work for niggas I don't like. Um, and you're and you're in a position where you could do that barely, you know? barely. Like I I I still kick myself a little bit. I'm still like, was that the gamble? Was that the yeah. move? But that's real. Like I think well, usually that, it's the nose we say that open us up to something that makes us more excited to say yes. Well, yeah, it's just that like I don't want to like you know be like Xanax every single night before I go to sleep because I'm like, oh god, I gotta sleep tonight. Cause today was fucking difficult, you know. Yeah. But like. Um, when I uh, when I think about like success and what that looks like, and you know, I only see it as being able to be comfortable enough to take care of me and mine, and also like to create things for the future. Because I'm like, I think that throughout many bouts of depression, dissociation, and suicidal ideation, I still hold, even though I'm much better now. I still have held on to the thing that, like, I'm not going to be here forever. And the most important thing for me is to create more space than I took up in the world. So what I want to do is, if I do have a family, who knows what that looks like? I don't know what that looks like right now. Um, I think that there's a fear of having a kid right now because I feel like I still don't have my shit together. But, like, no one really does, right? Yeah. And um, there's also a fear of having um, a kid and fucking it up because how many fucked up kids right now are on stage just doing jokes? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to be like... Dude, if I, had a, if, if I have a son and they and they and they go through like the open mics and shit that I did and like trying best and they like suck but they keep chasing it I would yeah. be so sad uh, yeah the I fact mean, that they experience that yeah I, I sometimes think about like my parents are now seeing the things that are like are, are gelling for me but I'm like damn you did not really see a lot of the flops the fails like one day I remember my dad came to New York and he like we were walking down the street and it just happened coincidentally to run into three people who knew who I was from comedy. They're like, oh, your son's really funny. Nice guy. Like, all three of them. And I was like, dog, this is the best. But Can't pay for don't, that kind don't of publicity. Give them hope. Don't give them hope. <laughs> like, yeah. Because this shit is very long ways away. I have noticed that a lot of the times I talk to my dad on the phone, if I have nothing to tell him, there's years where I try to oversell how good things are going. Mm-hmm. Because... I mean, for the first year after college, mm-hmm. he did bankroll my life. I had a job. Yeah. So I got to, like, have fun and go out, and I would go to concerts or whatever, because I knew for a fact that my rent was paid. And that's... And I'm very lucky for that. That being said, the reason I think I'm a little bit unlucky to have been in that position was because it didn't establish a drive that I have now. Yeah. Earlier. Earlier. Yeah. Because um, now... Uh, like the fucking everything's everything's paid for on my own. If I need help, he is he is always there. I haven't had to call him because mm-hmm. um, it's also not like he's fucking wealthy. Yeah, but he's able to help me if I need it, um, which is great. It is great. Yeah, it is great. It does it, but it but it it does. I mean, there would always be a level of guilt, and there'd always be a level of personal devaluation if I did need that help. Yeah, and also he uh, at one point in my adult life spelled out his finances to me with paper in front of me. And I was like, oh, yeah, no, this is not the bread I thought uh, you were secretly hiding from us yeah. our, our whole life. Because that's the story that my mom sold us. Yeah. Um, he's like, I, I work week to week. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I thought you were like, fuck it, like with your little Hermes belt. I thought you uh, really <laughs> were like out here. Yeah, cook your dad, roast him. <laughs> you know? Um, but, you know, he... 
My dad, like, what my dad has is a level of success I aspire to, but I, I also know that, like, part of the American dream, there's a lot wrong with it, but part of the American dream is doing a step higher and being able and, like, and building up. Yeah. Because if my, if my, and my, and my grandpa is a doctor, yeah. so my dad followed what my grandpa did. They even worked together at some point. Um... My grandpa lives, from what I see, like a good, comfortable life. Mm-hmm. My dad lives well with his now fiance. Um, he lives comfortably, and he's able to take care of people when they need it. Like my little brother, he's on the fucking highway. A rock hits his windshield, cracks the whole thing at six hundred bucks. My little brother just got out of college; he doesn't have six hundred dollars to fix dis- that shit. Yeah, disposable. <laughs> now you bucks. driving down the street in the Spider Man windshield. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, he gets the help with that. And I'm like, that to me is success. Like no one's like, no one's like stressing to the point of like, to the point where the anxiety comes from not having money. Yeah. Personally, my anxiety comes from uh, feeling like the years and time I've devoted to a thing doesn't mean anything or that, or that I'm, I'm an idiot or shit like that, you know? Yeah. Um, I would love to be able to know that not only my family, like my immediate family is taken care of, mm-hmm. but like if the cousins need help or a family friend needs help. You got it. And they and they pull some fuck shit where like they don't pay me back for a long time or they don't even ever. Yeah. I'm not like, I'm not pressed about it. Yeah. That, I mean, that being said, you know, there could be like relationships intact, but I, I, I love to be able to pick up a fucking dinner bill go to a concert about like I brought I brought uh my friend Ali Mack to a John Mayer concert the other day because I had tickets for a year and a half yeah. with the pandemic and they were a hundred bucks each when I bought them yeah it was a lot of money yeah she's talking about you know paying me back and she had bought she bought my t-shirt at the concert and like a drink when we were there mm-hmm. uh I didn't ask for it but like secretly in the back of my head I'm going I hope I I hope I reach some level of like reimbursement for yeah. this very expensive ticket. Yeah. But I would love to be able to just be like, I fucking invited you to this thing. Yeah, That's come it. through. Don't think come about through. it. Come through. That's it. You know? Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think that's it right there. I want to be at don't worry about it level. And I think that's a very... I think... I mean, it may seem far away to you, but I think you're closer than you realize to that. I would hope so. I think so. And I honestly... It sucks because it is that American dream aspect, aspect, especially for first-generation immigrants and shit where you're like, you're supposed to do a little bit better than your parents did when they came here. And I think that like ultimately the most therapists would agree that the, one of the biggest stressors is money. And once money goes away as a stressor, all the other shit floods in. I can speak from that from experience. Um, but yeah. like it, I think that like you're on a path where you know, like you said, a kid, you know, in a place where you're maybe in a drama and stuff like that, you're well on your way. And I, I say this to other people who I love in my life. And also I got to remind myself of it is that like shit, you can't blame yourself for shit that you didn't know. You didn't know you needed that driveway back then. You were just yeah. happy to come out of college and do that shit. And you also got to realize that like 
unfortunately, there is a balance between predestination and, like, you know, making your own way. And I think the destination you're going to get to, you're setting it out there. But, like, that's because something in the world, in the universe might be like, yo, this is where you're supposed to be. But also, you carve your own path. Like, I went through social justice. I went through doing little videos for media companies. I went through uh, being a teacher to be where I am now. There's no one way to do it. And the way that you are doing it is garnering eyes and more success and more connections. And that's only going to turn into good things for you because you got a good head on your shoulders. And also, from what you said, I can hear... Like, what you want is not just people around you, but, like, a family that makes you feel safe, secure, and in a place where you don't have to worry about it. You got it. And yeah. And it's coming for you. And unfortunately, <laughs> uh, you know, life is expensive. Living, like, that's when you're broke, you don't go outside because outside is expensive. And sometimes inside is expensive. <laughs> yeah, man. So I feel you. But it's, it's coming I have, soon. I have real expensive taste for what a good night out is. Yeah. I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't believe how many times I've gone out and then like come home and I'm like, that was a hundred dollars. Yeah. You know? I very recently went out with my boys, uh, Lucas, Polly and Jordan. We went to a Korean spot in East Village and then, you know, they'll hear this probably, but I was just, they're just like, okay, so what can't we have in the menu? Let's just order everything. And I was, even though like I knew I was probably good for it, I was like, yeah, it's good. <laughs> <laughs> and the whole time I'm eating, it was, you know, small plates. It's delicious, by the way. But, like, it was small plates and everything. I was like, damn, this is some bread. And, yeah. like, you know, we don't talk. It's not normalized to talk about that. Like, yo, can you get me back? I really need this. And I got put yeah. out for you. It's just not, like, money is, it is still intrinsically tied to your worth and, like, and productivity in a way that it absolutely should not be. But I want to let you know that, like, if you move the way that you're moving and you continue to do it, you're going to be good. And, listen, there are very few people that I will go fight comedians who bully you on the street for. This is yeah. a real story. Man was talking spicy to my man Joey, and immediately I was like, <laughs> where is he? Like, where is he as in, I am going to go and break my wrist punching my man in the jaw. That sort of energy. And Here? it's because you only do that for people you care about and you want to see the world for. And like I said, you're going to be, you know, over the top, wild famous, and I'm super excited for that. And, you know, I know that when, and I, you are one of few people that I know that once you reach a level of fame, you will still be like down here kicking it with people you're not gonna go hollywood and just disappear like mom yeah. this man knows papa roach all right <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's still in my fucking living room doing a podcast right now like the scars remind us nigga he knows that dude and he's still right here doing playing a podcast Jersey, march 22nd i hope i get to go hang out with him you you and he's saying that so modestly but and he just nodded at me and said yo i am gonna not only go hang out but be on stage doing scars joey remix <laughs> I can't wait for the Hot Boy remixes of shit. Dude, I really, I really act, dude, I, a goal of mine yeah. is to, I think actually you fucking told me that I have to do it yeah. was when I'm coming up with these funny songs, I gotta get them on a hook. Dog, get I have him. to get him on a chorus. It, it, and listen, you know, like you said, your mind has now gone to the Matrix code of this is going to be viral. That's just going to be viral right there. Man. Yeah. That's 10 out of 10. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you do a pop roach, guess what's coming out of the, out of the woodworks? My Chemical Romance, Fall oh, Out yeah. Boy, dare I say yeah. it, AFI, Alt-J. No, like, <laughs> everyone's coming out of the woodworks. You start like, Yo. reading the When We Were Young. <laughs> oh, my God. Fun. you doing fun. It's, <laughs> Some nights, yeah, <laughs> like, that should be fucking lit. One of my favorite sounds I ever heard was I said "ear" over auto tune, and it came out sounding it said it sounded exactly "ear," and it sounded dude. It's it was actually the yeah. funniest thing I've ever done. Honestly, I think that uh, T Pain will be knocking at your door very soon if you continue <laughs> to have that sort of energy. Absolutely, but. 
That is the end of our Lucy's podcast today. Joey, tell them where they can find you on the internet. At Joey Dardano on TikTok, on Instagram. My email's josephdardano at gmail if you want to send me like receipts or something. I don't know. Uh, uh, promo codes. <laughs> <laughs> My phone number I started reading how, out how, how nice of it To be at a point In your life Where you're just like Yo you know what Here's my email Send me receipts Give me Maybe a some promo code I'll cover it Come <laughs> yeah, on Yeah come on what, what do you have to lose If you send me a receipt I could say the item Never came And I could just get Like $90 in store credit and, You know the, the, the Young Scamazon over here <laughs> But yeah Like uh, Yeah but like Last things Any shout outs you have For like homies Or things that you're doing yeah, you mentioned Jodoye a bunch. Love him. We love you. Gonna you're see, you're, gonna you're see very good at video games. But, uh, but hey, we love you. But this guy, yeah. Lily, Connor. Shout out Lily. Shout out Connor. Mc, young Shout McNutt. out Alina. Young McNutt. <laughs> Mayor McNutt. Young Nut. <laughs> young Nut. <laughs> <laughs> good people. Donish is the home. Donish. Oh, we love that dude, man. He's Come on. Good guy. Good yeah. people out here. Absolutely. Yeah. Yo, everyone's moving, you know, correctly and in the places they need to be to make that next move. And in I'm this circle, happy to, you're damn yeah. right. Oh, 100%. And I'm very happy to be you know your homie and i'm glad you could pop by and you just you know chop it up and hey guess what i don't know how many podcasts will get this deep with the shit that we were talking about but we fucking did it because it's real yeah. honestly you just have to do it you, <laughs> you just had to stop pretending like we gotta make jokes every 15 minutes and just chop it up and chat yeah and, and, and i guarantee you there's a lot more people in the world who have the same feelings that you're feeling in the world and just know as as always you're not doing this solo dolo. You got you got me. You got your doya. All the people you just named, and you know, mad people like you. And I think that if you do need to take a break from your shit and just like live your life, you can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. It's been Lucy's podcast. Thanks for uh, locking in again for another week. Uh, if you want to find me on the internet, you can't find me anywhere, nigga. So <laughs> don't look for me. Uh, nah. But thanks again. Thanks for listening. And uh, more Lucy's soon come. Peace. I love you. I died for you. I died for you. This is where I'm going to put the Celine Dion and get my whole podcast taken down. (laughs) (laughs) It takes me out. All right, peace. An Ego Death Production.